everyone, and welcome to Fusion Sports. I'm your host, Azaria Manning, and this week we are covering the latest and greatest of women's sports, as always. We've got a lot to discuss, a lot of controversial topics, along with a lot of interesting, just fun, trending things that are happening in the world with women in sports. So make sure you stay tuned, because we've got a lot coming your way. You guys are watching Fusion Sports. Thanks so much for tuning in. We've got a lot um, in store for you this week. First thing on our list, you know, we always start every episode off of what's trending with these amazing women in this field world that we call sports. First things up, Alex Morgan, the U.S. national soccer player and co-captain, has decided that she's going to play in the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. And it'll be months, just months, about four months after she was set to be giving birth to her first daughter. She's talked to U.S. Today and just decided that she feels like she'd be ready. She's excited to go back, and she feels like she will be at her athletic uh, capabilities and be able to really do an amazing job um, uh, for the U.S. team in soccer. You may know her. She's not just any soccer player. She is definitely one of the most decorated um, in soccer one of the most beloved. She was also in Sports Illustrated this year for the cover. So she's definitely one of America's favorites, female athletes. So why can't she do it? She's, it's already been set to be done. I mean, if she can pull this off and get a gold, she may have done something different. As we know, Allison Felix, 10 months after giving birth to her daughter Cameron, went to Qatar and dominated and is now the most, has the most national titles in the world championship. So I don't believe that she can't do it. Alex Morgan, um, just to give you a few things that she has already accomplished, she is the U.S. Soccer Female Athlete of the Year, and she also was the FIFA World Player of the Year. So this won't be her first rodeo of really executing and doing something different. But this time, when she'll be um, at the, the Olympics, she will be a mother. So it's really interesting to see, and we're here at Fusion. We're definitely aiming for that because that will just be another great thing on the history books for her to accomplish, not for herself, just for women in general. So Alex, we're definitely rooting for you and we hope you have an amazing pregnancy and a great delivery of your new baby girl. Now, the next thing on our list will have to be women's college basketball. It is back and it is in full demand. We're only two weeks in and it has been absolutely amazing so far. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, ESPN, ESPNW did a, an amazing article and look um, and specifically into uh, NCAA's women's basketball and really talked about the players that are really stirring things up and are really coming full-fledged. Some of them are freshmen, some of them are seniors. Um, they're dominating with triple doubles, averaging about more than 30 points. So let's get into it. First things first, one of the top players that cannot go without being recognized is Sabrina Ionescu. She is killing it right now. Also, Ruthie Hubbard and Rena Davis are leading their team in victories. In just two weeks, they've been doing things that you see kind of more stemming towards March Madness time. It's only two weeks in, and they're already executing like this. These ladies are coming in full-fledged and ready to play, ready to ball, which we love to see. And according to ESPNW, the top five teams right now are, of course, at number one, Oregon, two, Baylor, three, Stanford, Fourth will have to be UConn, and five is Texas A&M. And let's not forget the let's not forget Oregon also beat the U.S. Women's uh, National Team in a game, very close, not too close. Also on ball, ball court, uh, Coach Ru talked about it as well. 
they they beat them. So Oregon is definitely ready to take it all. Do you think they can keep this in this number one seat the entire time? They're ranked at one right now. The way they're playing, the way their players are, and the just overall gel that they have is really unmatched right now. And for them to be two weeks in, I'm just excited to see what we'll see in women's college basketball because it's another great, great platform and field of women who just put their all into it. So I'm excited to see. I hope you guys are tuning in. If not, make sure you guys start watching these games because they're going to keep getting better. Now, also, we've got to get into something that is really cool. The Brazilian women's soccer team had a record-breaking attendance on this past Saturday with more than 28,000 fans uh, cheering them on. Uh, last game the, with, the most, with the most attendance was with 25,000. So that went up about 3,000 people wanted to come and support these female athletes with soccer in Brazil. And, you know, in other countries, when it's sometimes you don't see that support often when it comes to uh, like more of a foreign country, when it comes to support of women in sports. So that's a really great record-breaking um, thing to have happened. And as you know, soccer is the leading most viewed sport, women's soccer in America. So as you can see, soccer is just taking over. We need more we need more people, maybe more international soccer players that are challenging U.S. soccer players. Just kind of get that more fun, that like sisterhood rivalries going on and see who's got the best soccer players or who, who can get people to tune in the most because uh, women's soccer is definitely taking over. Um, also, in the 2019 NCAA Women's Soccer Tourney, it's, we're in the second round right now. Just to give a few, um, that'll be in the second round playing um, on November 17th will be Notre Dame against St. Louis, and then we'll also have the second round that is aired to be on Thursday, November 21st, and it will be the third seed of Arkansas versus North Carolina, and also to follow that seed will be BYU versus Louisville. So I'm excited to see. This is actually, to be honest, my first time really getting in, tuned into getting tuned into uh, college soccer, but I've heard it is nothing but fun and excitement and these girls come with a different flavor which I love to see one thing I love about female sports no matter if it's soccer if it's uh, basketball if it's volleyball these girls have a different at a different technique a different energy about them and that's why you want to tune in every the thing about sports is you see something different within each realm of uh, a different field so it's exciting to see what different styles, how they act, how's their attitude, how do they operate with each other, how do they gel. That's what I like to see when I play, watch sports. Of course, the athleticism, but just to kind of see girls kind of take their own confidence and have their own style when it comes to such a male-dominated sport and industry. So I'm excited to see. Best of luck to all of the girls who are in this tournament. I wish you best of luck and great, great, great job on being in this tournament. Now, one of the least things that we had to talk about, well, not least, but one of something that we really needed to speak about and something that's really important that we wanted to finish off what's trending right now is a conversation about trans women in women's sports. Super big right now. It was actually even, just to talk about, I was in my Uber driver and I was scheduled to be having an interview with someone. I don't want to say who now. We'll, we'll have that for another show. But we kind of got on the topic about trans woman and the uber driver basically was telling me like have you heard about what's going on right now you know they're wanting to allow trans women to allow to be to play in women's in sports industries and to be in the professional realm as well 
when you're when you're trans or just not even within professional just in general how should we how should we operate about this this is i know it's going to be a very uh touchy subject so we are here at fusion or open Whelm, and we want this to be a public forum for people to state how they feel positive in a positive light and to give their opinion and see how we can help change this um, narrative and this dynamic because in in the reality this is our reality so what are we going to do about it people are, are trans every day and they're 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 wanting to play sports so what should we do about it that's a question that i don't have the answers to and maybe you don't but us having this conversation will maybe help for people who have have an opinion about it a lot of people are feeling like it's not fair because of course there's some biological differences between a male and a woman if say for instance if a man decides or a teenage boy who loves playing basketball wants to then become a woman and become a trans woman and still wants to play basketball should they not be upheld that right to compete and to really just play their game and to really um, play a sport that they love just because they decide that because they want it to be the person that they want it to be is that fair to not allow them this right for them to not be able to play anywhere or to allow them to still play in a men's league it's really honestly I don't have the answer so what what do you guys think if we talk more about it in future um, not future but in past times when it came to sports and when a lot of women will have to use women of course as the as the the pony for this show a lot of women who who have had great accolades and have made great accomplishments have been saying, oh, well, they only won this because they were they were had high t testosterone levels. That's one of the biggest things that happens when it comes to a lot of these cases with professional athletes and professional female athletes who have dominated in women's sports and have been seen to be upheld as a man just because they're great. We can always talk about who? One of the best tennis players of all time, Serena Williams. Everyone wanted to say that she was a man just because she was so great at what she did because she was a beast because she worked hard, because she was athletic, because she was strong. Many people saw her out to be a man just because of how strong and dynamic she was. So was that fair? No, not at all. But the question is, everyone keeps saying that, once it's saying the issue is the testosterone levels and it's not fair, um, a man is stronger than a woman or a woman is not as strong, how can they compete in that way? It's just not fair, right? Here's the thing, we have a gold medalist from South Africa, Castor Semenya, who was kind of, she was a gold medalist, she's won gold in track, and people wanted to talk about her because she had a high testosterone level, saying that she was more manly, even though she was, even though she was a woman and was biologically a woman. What's your thoughts on that? The question is, there, there are no answers to this. I honestly would love to get an opinion from a trans woman who wants to play sports or what their, their, op, their output is on this. How, how can we as a society change this dynamic? Should we allow, should not should we, but should U.S. officials and administration change the laws when it comes to sports and allow, allowing um, trans women to be a part of women's sports and vice versa? I mean... We look at it this way it seems like we're we're shaming trans women to be in a woman's sports but it seems like we allow women to be in men's sports so do we kind of see how that double standard it's it's a little confusing honestly so i want to know hit us up on all of our socials um at fusion sports world and let us know what you guys think about this because this is an, a public and positive let me remind you positive form to figure out what we should do to help change that 
And we'll continue to have this conversation as new laws and new media and new new stories come on about this because it's not it's not going away and it's something that we must take care of to make sure and that it's a, it's effective. So when we get back, we're going to be talking about some things that's really interesting. We'll be getting into one of my favorite segments, Ladies Who Run the Game, so make sure you stay tuned. Slipping away, I'm feeling down low, head in my pillow, can't see the daylight, I'm fading away. What's trending? We talked a little bit about Alex Morgan. We talked a little bit about uh, trans women and allowing them to be a part of women's sports professionally or just in general. We also talked a little bit about the women's basketball and how they are coming hot. Now, we got to stay a little bit on topic with the basketball trend and kind of go a little bit into the NBA. So, over this past week, the San Antonio Spurs played against the Portland Trail Blazers, and let's say it wasn't really much about them at this game. It had to be on the on the sidelines what was going on. Of course, as a lot of you guys may have known from headlines, Greg Pop was ejected from the game and was not allowed to finish off his as head coach during this game, and he had to top it off to someone else. And of course, you would think it would have gone to if you guys may have known, the assistant, full-time assistant head coach, her name is Becky Hammond. Yes, she's been there since 2014, uh, assistant head coach for the San Antonio Spurs. And she wasn't appointed to be head coach as he was ejected. Greg Pop decided to uh, allow one of his notable players, as you may know, Tim Duncan, to finish off the game. Many of the Spurs players, when asked by the media what they thought about it, they said they thought he handled it well. He did a great job for what he could have done in that heated moment. But no one really wanted to talk about why was Becky Hammond not the one appointed to be head coach during the ending of that game when she's a full-time head coach assistant and has been by their side. Assistant head coach, I don't understand 
the difference. When you have that title, if anything is to happen to the head coach, you were literally the second tier under the head coach to be able to go out and play. I'm sorry, not to play, but to help make decisions. So why was she not? Because in this game, she could have. This could have been a different narrative for Greg. It could have been a different narrative for the NBA. It could have been a different narrative for the San Antonio Spurs. They could have had the first woman ever to head coach a game in history. That's news in itself. That shows something more that what your team represents is more than just winning a basketball game. It shows that Greg Pop knows how to pass the baton to a woman who knows what they're doing because they're there for a reason. They're not there just to look great. Why is Becky Hammond there? She knows basketball. She was in the WNBA. She comes from a great, great background of basketball. She's there for a reason. So, again, the question is, Greg, why did you not allow her to finish off that game against the Trailblazers? And my question is, was this more of a strategic decision or a sexist decision? Because, to me, it's looking a little sexist. Then, when asked by the media why Becky was not allowed that opportunity, he says, in quote, I'm not here to make history. You're right. It's not history. It's actually history. And you're doing something wrong by not having someone who has been there, not even if it's a woman or if it's a man. I feel like it's just blatantly disrespectful to not have your assistant coach granted that opportunity when that's what they're there for. Tim Duncan is nothing against you. you you're great. You're one of the greatest of all time in the NBA. You know the Spurs better than anyone can. And, of course, it was, it was no reason of why they shouldn't have had him there as well. But it should have been something a little bit more in codependency to have had her, her decision along with Tim Duncan's decision to have seen to final, off, to final off this game. Like I said, it was a heated game. It was a spirit of the moment. Nothing is wrong. But we need to have that conversation of why are women still overseen? This is an issue that we're having, and this is why Fusion Sports is so adamant about women and having these high, high – exec jobs, having these women in the forefront, on the sidelines, wherever they need to be to help make differences. Who would have known what Becky could have done in that, in that position? Because women, we do something really remarkable when we're under pressure when it, and it's when, our, when it's our time to shine. So I just want to give all the support to Becky and let her know that we are with you at Fusion. And we hope to see maybe, maybe there will be another game where she'll be able to be granted the opportunity to have more of a full front and have more of a force and more of a dynamic change within San Antonio Spurs. So that was something that we had to talk about and had to be a highlighted, highlighted segment because things like this don't happen all, all the time. This is something new, and for her to have been right there, to have not been granted that opportunity, kind of shows a lot within Greg's decision. So we'll be seeing maybe what will be happening later on in the NBA season with her and maybe see if she'll have a little bit more of an influence later on. Now, also, what I had to talk about was who Becky Hammond is, despite being a part of the San Antonio Spurs organization. She started in 1999, and she was a WNBA player. She's from Russia, and she's a great, great athlete and has had many um, remarkable stances in the WNBA and also just within the San Antonio Spurs. She's been there since 2014. That's five years going almost into six years that she's been there. I guarantee if she wasn't about her business, they would not have kept her on so long. 
So here at Fusion Sports, we just want to thank you for what you're doing and being a trailblazer. And if y'all don't know what a trailblazer is, it's the, maybe the first of her kind, but she's not set to be the last. So we want to continue to push her to keep moving forward in such a male-dominated industry and keep fighting for all the little girls and women who want to be the head coach of the NBA team one day. Make sure you guys stay tuned. We'll be back with more on Fusion Sports. Hey yo, taste the quarter pound from here to New York. Don't swine, don't eat no pork. Who am I? The D to the Hey, and I'm the P to the As you may know me, I'm Azaria Manning, and we're going to be getting into one of a segment that's new to the show, and it's called The Fusion Fix. And on The Fusion Fix, we're going to be talking about, of course, the guys. We can't leave them out all the way. There's some great things that are happening and some really interesting things that have happened in the past week or in the past month that I feel like we needed to highlight. We won't give them too much credit because, you know, they're, it's, it's broadcasted everywhere. But the first thing that I wanted to talk about, which I feel like is near and dear to any sports fans or anyone who is really into sports media and knows about Colin Kaepernick and what he stands for. This past week, he actually played, um, not played, but practiced for eight NFL representative teams in, and kind of wanted to showcase his talent. He had the opportunity, like he's been broadcasting, and he said, I've been ready for the past three years, and he had got that opportunity to uh, practice for eight teams. One thing that I loved about him was that he invited other media outlets, different platforms to be there because he didn't want the narrative to be a little bit shifted by just the NFL and what they showed and things of that nature. Now, like I said, it was only eight teams. We haven't heard back what, like, what exactly is going on. All I know is Colin said he's ready. He came full-fledged. He had the media there. He was confident, and he was ready for his chance. It's been three years since, uh, it's been three years since 2016 since he took that stance to fight for something a little bit deeper, more than just winning a Super Bowl championship. And I feel like it was a little bit past his time. It, it took too long for it to have been, for him to have been given this opportunity just to practice in front of him. We can do a little bit more better than that. But we got to take what we give and just wish him the best of luck. Um, I don't know what they'll say. I don't know if this was just one of those things to get more eyes into the NFL because, quite frankly, the NFL is losing its numbers. It's losing its audience. It's just not doing what it needs to do anymore. It's not really being progressive. It's not changing the narrative. It's not focusing on anything else outside of touchdowns and things of that nature, which I understand. Everyone wants that classic uh, football outlet, but there's more to come. There needs, there needs something, and quite frankly, not having Colin in the NFL shows that there's something wrong because he is a beast and an athlete, should definitely be on a team as a quarterback doing what he does best. 
And if not, he will continue to support him. So I'm excited to see if he'll maybe get picked up by a team. He's been a free agent. Nothing has been has happened for him in the past three years with football. He's had a great uh, collaboration with Nike. He had a great campaign with Nike. He's had a great book. He's been a, has a lot of had a lot of great press tours and things of that nature. So there's an, also the story to tell you to always remember to stand what you believe in because there's life after sports. There's things that you can do to use your athleticism and your athlete athlete platform to then work on something that's a little bit more deeper than just winning games and championships. So Colin, we uh, we thank you for being so so, so being so strategic and just being strong because I know it's not easy. And we wish you the best of luck. And also to talk about another free agent, Carmelo Anthony has finally been picked up. If you are a Carmelo fan, and as you may, we've been having to stay mellow, literally, had been staying calm, been waiting to see who was going to pick him up. It's been a long run. We've already, we're already into the NBA season, and he just got picked up, and we're in November. So... I'm excited. If you may, if you haven't heard or if you have, you've been living under a rock, you may have not known that he was picked up by the Trailblazers. He'll be along uh, Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard, and the the Trailblazing team. And I'm excited. I'm really happy for him because I know it's been a long run. He's one of the best of in his era, one of the top leading scorers in his era. And I quite frankly don't think that he should have gone through that. But you know what? Everything happens for a reason. He's going to probably come out and be relentless and do his absolute best and just be a great vet and do what he's got to do on the court. Like I've stated before, he is just a vet to me. He just is a a living, breathing vet. At this point, I feel like in his career, it's maybe not about winning a championship. I'm pretty sure that's what he wants, but I think it's about leaving an influence. Melo is much more deeper than just the accolades and the accomplishments. He's much more deeper about creating a narrative for his legacy and creating a narrative for basketball and making something that's a little bit more stronger when it comes to brotherhood and teamwork. He has um, been a poster boy with LeBron and with D. Wade and along with Chris Paul. Now how they have just created such a strong dynamic and a brotherhood of just veterans and just staying together and, and fighting for something a little bit more deeper than just playing basketball. So I think his influence with um, Portland would be really interesting. I don't see like there's being anything too crazy. Damian Lillard is a great guy. I feel like they'll mesh well. There's not too much ego there. I feel like they can have a really great team. And one thing that I loved that um, the president of the Trailblazers said was saying to Melo, you need us just as much as we need them. And that humble mix is what makes great teams. Knowing that you, we're here to help each other and we can do something remarkable if we just know each other's worth and we work together, some things can great can come out of it. So I'm excited to see um, at his opening game with the Portland Trailblazers. So congrats, Mello. And that's all we have for the fashion, I'm sorry, for the fusion fix for this week. When we, Stay tuned because we'll be talking a little bit more about fusion and fashion, one of my favorite segments, and talk about what's new and what's hot in the sports world and fashion. So stay tuned. <music> Drive me home, drive me home, drive me home. 
This is Fusion Sports, and this is one of the most decorated topic segments on our show, and this is Fusion and Fashion. Now, we have a little bit to talk about, some really cool key points that we needed to highlight that we haven't discussed on the show that I feel like should be highlighted with high fashion and the sports world. As you may know, Nike is one of the sports' most notable brands for women and men, and they just continue to elevate when it comes to being innovators and having very complex and innovative designs. And one thing that I feel like we haven't talked about is their collaboration with Off-White and with the designer Virgil Abloh. He is fashion's favorite right now to Kanye West, to Kim Kardashian, Serena Williams, just to name a few of the people who really admire his work and you have seen wearing his stuff. His stuff is so clean. It has a very classic but very different type of texture to it and I love one of the things that I love about his um his designs is his in quotation like I remember he had did something for Serena Williams in quotation one of her her Nike um tennis suits and it had Serena in quotation and that's kind of his thing anything he does no matter if it's on the shoes on the clothes he'll always write in, a, in quotation and it'll have a word like for instance with his with his collab with Nike for the uh, the Jordan 1's retro highs, they're pretty like blue and white, kind of with that orange accent colorway that he has. They have, in quotation, air on the side, which is like Air Jordan. So it's just something fun that he does that is really innovative and new. And you can see everyone wearing I know someone who always wears um, his stuff is Tamara Young, um, Russell Westbrook. The names go on for all the athletes that are wearing his stuff because it's so innovative so new, it's so fresh, and he's a, a guy of color, he's a, a black man doing it, so we love it. Also, we wanted to talk about something cool that I've just noticed when I was just going, because I'm like, Nike right now, I guess you can t- say they're the, at the top of their game, of course, with fashion, and that's probably like the number one sports apparel where people are going constantly. Maybe if they're not even maybe if they're not even buying it, they're going to see what's new with Nike. What are they doing now? What's new? What's different? What's the newest shoe? They're always coming out with some some new crazy cool cute shoe that are everyone needs, like men or women. And I wanted to see like what shoe could I find that was very diverse, very functional that both a man and a woman can wear. And the one ones that I found that were really fun and very new and current are called the Nike Joyride Optics. If you haven't seen them, they have that really cool, very, like, comfort, flexible kind of shape to them. They kind of have that, like, kind of U-shape kind of. They're really comfortable, and um, they kind of des- they kind of are described as, like, have having, like, a soft foam, everyday, edgy, very diverse look to them. And I love them because of the colorways that they have, the textures and the patterns that they use are not um, are not like what you see every day. I love the ridging on the bottom on the soles of the shoe, and they have those in different colors. And they're really made for comfort. And one thing I can say, Nike does have great shoes for comfort. And for both men and women, I feel like they're a great shoe to kind of have in your bag, in your gym bag, in your workout bag. Once you get off the court, once you get off the track, you want to take off you know, your cleats, you want to take off your uh, your basketball shoes, and those will be the shoes that you put on. And then they're really cool because you can wear them even just outside of just working out or just having them on and throw on after you work out. You can wear them out just for for fun, for to be cute for and for fashionable purposes. So I love those. So make sure you guys go out and maybe get you a pair of the Nike Joyride Optics if you want something new and different that you haven't seen anyone wear in a while. So go out and get those. They're really cool. And 
The last thing that we had to talk about is another collaboration that literally just launched and we're excited about. You may know the recent the re the most recent retired NBA player Dwayne Wade. He is just coming out of the woodworks with lines and being on TV shows. He is definitely taking his retirement to another level and doing things um, that are out of the ordinary. He just launched an affordable sock line with his brand Parkway along with Target. It's affordable. Um, the the socks start at just $6.99 and I love them. I saw like a few of the different design concepts and they're really fun. I love, he has like a blue and they're like kind of stripes and they have blue and uh, black and they kind of have the floral accents. They're really, really nice. And I feel like that's a guy thing. Guys really do love socks, especially athletic men. They love socks just to have in their bag, just to throw on. And I like that he's playing with patterns, colors, prints. He's even got like a cheetah design one, what I love with the checkerboard. And he's just kind of playing with fashion, kind of playing with um, things. It's just, he's changing the narrative when it comes to what guys can do, what male athletes can do when it comes to what they're wearing. And I love that they're affordable so that everyone can wear them. And I'm sure they're going to they're gonna maximize off of this because they're affordable, they're fun, and Dwayne Wade is in charge of them. And everyone loves D-Wade and what he does. He has a different way of thinking, a different way about life. And he's He's a great guy. So I'm excited to see how the sock line will do and if he'll consider maybe going into other revenues in fashion with more of different lines, like with more tennis shoes or just anything in general. So that was one thing that I had to uh, talk about. So make sure you guys go out and get D-Wade's sock line. I'll definitely get, grab a pair just because I love D-Wade and Gabriel Union. <laughs> and I'm sure everyone needs socks. So that's it for this uh, segment of uh, Fusion and Fashion. And when we get back, we'll have one more really really important thing to discuss until we head out for next week. So thank you guys and we'll be right back. Healing, sexual. Healing is something that's good for me. Whenever blue teardrops are falling and my emotional stability is leaving me. Baby, I got sick this morning. I see what's storming inside of me. Baby, 
not know me by now i'm your host azaria manning and we're going to be getting into the last segment of this episode something that's really important that we must finish off this uh episode with and really leaving you guys with this conversation the show is all about the intermix of the reality of women in in sports and in professional sports or even if you're in high school what's going on what are things that we need to cover that a lot of people aren't talking about that are really affecting the women that are affecting us every day a lot of the things that we go, like sports is kind of what I like to call like an ideology of life. The things that are happening there is, can affect you um, in your personal life, can affect you in your future, even whatever the case may be. Um, so that's what we must have to talk about. One of the main things um, that one of my producers sent to me today was about an article that was discussing uh, women um, in sports and body dysmorphia. And what is that, what's going on? Is there eating disorders? What is the pressure that is being put upon these women athletes? Is it for the, the vanity of it, how they look when you're running, when you're shooting, when you're sprinting? What is it exactly? Is it the vanity or is it the overall um, performance-wise? What is it that is made, uh, causing female athletes in high school or in, even in the professional world to have a lot of um, low self-esteem about their bodies and why are they resulting in going towards um, something as bad as eating disorders just to be seen a certain way or to execute a sport a, sec- a certain way. And the question is, who has answers? We don't know, but it's a conversation that we must have because there are female athletes who have eating disorders and it's not a, a, a current thing. This has been something that has been in this society for a long time, even just out of sports? Um, is it the coaching staff's issue? Is it, a, is it the way that women feel men um, romantically may perceive them if they look a certain way or if they're too strong? Why is it, are they resulting in, um, why are they resulting into having like food disorders and eating disorders um, in this world? Because nutrition is a main part of, be, of being a great athlete. And without nutrition, you can, you're, you're, you're damaging your body, you're hurting yourself, and 
it's not okay. So we want to know what you guys think about this. Is this the first time that you guys have heard about um, eating disorders in sports industries and what's going on exactly? This is something new that we just put on the forefront. And here at Fusion, we're all about starting the conversation with you guys and really understanding what's going on. So we want to leave this episode with that to think about. And maybe next episode, we'll have a little bit more input and maybe have someone on as a, uh, a guest star to kind of talk about it because it's something really important. And something here at Fusion will always stand for is women and making sure that they're being their best selves, either if that's spiritually, physically, mentally, athletically, whatever you may think. So I want to thank you guys so much for joining me on today's episode. This is Fusion Sports. I'm your host, Azari Manny, and I will see you on the next episode. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.